1995, they may have gotten worse in all kinds of ways. Oh, for the days when there is no more illness, when children will be able to feel safe in the, both their homes and their schools, when food is plentiful for all, and when evil and violence do not rule in the streets. Our hearts and our minds are troubled when we hear such things and we long for peace. Poetry is a powerful way to explore things, ideas, and so forth. It's kind of like painting a picture but using words instead. And in today's Old Testament reading from Isaiah 11, we read some powerful poetry of peace. In Isaiah's prophetic picture, a toddler plays with a snake. Lions and tigers and bears, oh my, somebody from Kansas said that, didn't they? And oh my indeed, as they share the same pasture as a group of cows. And the cows don't seem nervous about the arrangement at all because natural enemies have become friends instead. Holy harmony. Nice. A prophetic picture. But reality? Well, let's think about that for a minute. The world we live in, peace on earth too often seems far away, as far away as some angels singing to some shepherds on a night long ago, if that even really happened. It's so long ago that it sometimes feels like it didn't. True peace on earth, it's got to start somewhere. And in Bethlehem that night so long ago, the angels did get it right. The birth of Jesus was God ushering peace into the world, perfect peace for all. Now isn't it interesting that Isaiah's prophecy of peace never once mentions the glory of King David. doesn't mention his name at all. Those days, the glorious days of the powerful kings ruling the land of Israel were over. God's people were cut off from their homeland, cut off like a stump, dead, dying in the ground. They were off in exile and slavery. The Assyrians had won. The power and prestige were past. And now sin and rebellion demanded destruction, and that destruction was complete. They had rebelled against God. And God said, I cannot let you go after those foreign gods. So we're going to do some things to change the direction you're headed. And so Isaiah goes back to that simple shepherd's family from whom came the king to whom was given a promise. The stump of Jesse will remain. Why? To show all the world the wonder of God's mercy, love, and power rising in a most humble and unexpected way, a simple shoot from a humble stump. Think back in the past year for a moment. Think all the way back to Christmas of 2018. Uh, maybe you don't remember specifics, but 
you know what the Christmas season is like. I mean, ask my wife, she'll tell you. You can watch Christmas all year long in the Hallmark Channel. It's, it's there. Yeah. Everything is cheery and bright, and everybody's having a good time, and we have such good feelings toward one another, and we're excited for the next day, and on and on the list goes. It's a beautiful season. Who doesn't love Christmas? But for many, if not most of us, trials that have occurred in our lives since then may have cut down some of our dreams, some of our desires for the future, made them a whole lot different than what we were hoping or expecting. If that describes you, what's been taking the wind out of your sails? Troubling sins that you just can't seem to shake? Painful or frustrating circumstances? Loss of purpose? Unattained or delayed desires? Something you really wanted because you need it, but it's not there yet? Maybe a dreaded disease, or as has happened for so many of our church family this year, a death in the family. All else can turn into enthusiasm, but when these kinds of things come along and so much more, that enthusiasm just gets chopped down and all that's left is a stump. All kinds of stumps. And as we observe all those stumps of what hasn't worked in our lives, we end up wondering why. Why do I waste my time? Why do I get up in the morning? Why do I just keep going on? gets to a point where you almost want to just sit down and find a comfortable spot on a stump and why bother? Why go on? And of course the tragedy is what we're doing when we do that is we're really giving up on the God who gives and keeps his promises. For Isaiah, the humble stump was all that was left. God's ancient people the stump was so large in their view they couldn't see past it. It completely dominated the horizon. It loomed dead and barren before them, a testimony to their failures, a testimony to all they had lost. We can relate to that. We've all got stumps blocking our view at times. So where is the peace when all you can see is stumps how do we move from the war within to peaceful purpose as God's people once more? In other words, how do we get off the stump? Well, we come back and we realize that from that stump came God's greatest gift. It's not another vain attempt to raise ourselves back up to God. It is God's promise that he comes to us. That's what the stump is all about. Our part is simply to receive it in faith by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, maybe we feel like we've longed too long for God to do something new in us or with us. Maybe it feels like ages since we've heard a personal word from him 
our feeling near to God might seem far, far away, but the promise is here. Peace has come so humbly, so completely in that babe of Bethlehem. There's nothing left for us to do except simply receive. Rest secure in what God has already done for you. Our love and our anger, our fears and our dreams, our faith and our doubts, our best and our worst, all rest under the pure, perfect, peaceful reign of our gracious God in Christ Jesus. You see, Isaiah was not some starry-eyed dreamer who was spouting off fiction. No, he was fully aware of human sin, fully aware of its peace-robbing character, but as a man of God, he believed in the God of peace, who's in charge of his kingdom and of that kingdom here on earth now, the church, and he hasn't given up rule of the world around us yet either. Isaiah is looking forward in faith to the coming Christ who freely came clothed so humbly, so, so humbly in the humility of God's grace, not with the glory of heaven, but with grace to restore us to peace. Because once we're at peace with God, then we are truly at peace and can make peace with others. Jesus did it all. His birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension on high, his promise to come again. That's the shoot that grew out of that stump of Jesse. And it's enough. Or is it? Is it enough for so great a challenge? Peace on earth? Peace in the church? Thankfully we have that. Peace in our homes? Might be a little harder. Is it enough? Yeah, it is enough. For Jesus is enough. In Jesus' perfect peace, we are ready to wipe the slate clean once more every morning. It's called repentance and faith. We are ready to expect something new, looking for God's blessings through the day, even in the midst of our trials and troubles. In Jesus' perfect peace, we are ready to believe afresh and to welcome God again today, just like it was the very first time. And we can do it over and over and over again. And in that peace, we can then become that disciple who follows Jesus' peaceful lead, following it to someone or some place that desperately needs peace, not by taking away the pain or the violence or whatever it is that robs their peace, not by taking away, but rather by giving, by bringing them Jesus, the true Prince of Peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>